Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. This podcast is brought to you by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, known as CISA, the nation's number one cyber defense agency. Today, the agency has grown and evolved, assuring the nation's critical and physical infrastructure is secure, resilient, and reliable. Learn more about CISA career opportunities at www.cisa.gov careers. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Clearedcast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, and today we are going to be discussing beating burnout and boosting employee resilience on the Security Clearance Careers podcast. Now, many employees are experiencing burnout, especially with the denormalization of the nine to five workday. We have technology at our fingertips, so thanks to cell phones, computer access, and other sort of technology like Teams, employees now take work home with them too. And so the lines get really blurred. And I know that that is something that I experienced as a recruiter. And so today we have Trevor Bogan, Regional Director at Top Employers Institute on the line. He is going to be providing valuable insights regarding burnout and how employees can counteract it. But most importantly, from my perspective, how organizations can also foster an environment where employees don't get burnt out. So Trevor, before we get started, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you, Katie, for having me. I really appreciate it. And this is a great conversation to have. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. And so you know, top employers, I'd love to learn a little bit more about them. What have they learned that employers are just getting wrong when it comes to human resources and other workplace issues? Yeah. So what we find in top employers, and obviously we we are an HR certification company, so we go through and diagnose HR specific topics with organizations. And really it starts with, when you're questioning, it starts with HR, right? And so I think what we find that happens a lot of as we are kind of diving into a lot of the HR processes is they seem to leave issues really unchecked, which can negatively affect, you know, the culture and the well-being of the employees. And so they'll let things linger on, whether it's uh, difficult conversations or leadership development that isn't really proper for employees to feel engaged, feel like they can move up with the organization. If it's leadership, you know, maybe not having a top-down approach with their communication and where they find their value propositions. So they leave a lot of those things unchecked and they don't really do much with them. And so what we find is the top employers who are certified and moving forward, they take that feedback and they take those lessons and they put actions into them. So they actually create plans, they create processes, they then create a good culture for their employees, and they communicate with their employees. So also what HR does with workplace issues is they don't listen sometimes. And so active listening really helps because your employees are your biggest asset. And so their voices do matter. And you need to treat your employees like your internal clients, right? You need to treat them with respect, listen to their ideas, see where things you might be able to shift a perspective or anything through listening to your people and then put something in place. And then that kind of shows that the employee 
They, they feel good. They're, someone's listening to them. Someone is putting ideas that they had and they're actually incorporating them within the organization. And so it causes that great synergy where everyone has a, a stake, right? Everyone has a stake in the game. Everyone has something that can improve, positively impact the organization in a way. And then I also think third is just really clarifying with employees their roles and expectations. What we find is a lot of the issues just are around clarifying what the employee is supposed to do and those expectations within their role. Obviously, making sure those conversations are being had where employees might not want to be in a leadership role and you can deploy them into another business unit that might be successful for them. Or there is expectations that are a little bit too high, which can cause some burnout, some other things that, you know, we'll talk about that are affecting employees. So really it comes down to active listening, showing empathy and curiosity around what your employees are saying, clarifying some of their roles and expectations, and not leaving things unchecked. So when you're seeing things and hearing things, create some, create some conversation around that and, and create some initiatives and guidelines to be able to support those. Sure. Those, those are all issues, workplace issues that cause that burnout, they affect your retention numbers that can be avoided. And I'd love to kind of hone in on the employee feedback aspect, because that's something that we've discussed a lot here is that organizations, they solicit this employee feedback, and then they don't do anything with it. And that's what you were alluding to with, you know, leaving some of those issues unchecked. I think particularly for the defense contracting space, it's super tough because I recall working for defense contractors. And then when I did my brief stint in the private tech sector, I worked for a startup. Employee feedback at that tech startup was so important. And the people operations team, they actually took that feedback and did something with it. But for a lot of the defense contractors I worked for, I don't recall ever getting an employee feedback survey. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about that employee feedback and really why for the defense industry, which is a lot of our listeners, why it's so important. Well, because like I said, your employees are your biggest asset for you. So really listening to them and engaging them in those conversations, it really does twofold. So one, it helps with when you're talking about burnout and well-being, that gives them a voice to be in a psychologically safe environment to talk about those things. And that can really help with feedback. So the more you can really learn what your employees are going through, you know, what their work environments are like, what their roles are, what leadership is like, what their other colleagues, all those things matter. And that can give you a good data set to improve on. And then it also helps the employee understand that this company actually really cares about me, right? They're actually coming to me and asking me questions about myself and what I go through. And a lot of, you know, the defense, I'm sure people don't ask them really how their day is going. You know, what do you do for your job? How is your role going? And I think having that piece of it really helps them say, okay, I feel really good about what I do. They're coming to me to ask my opinion, ask where that matters. And I think it's really up to HR. And this is the really critical point, Katie, that you brought up is do something about that data. So take that data and really implement things. And you don't have to take 20 initiatives at a time. Take two things maybe that you learned or maybe you're hearing a consistent message with and then apply something. But I think the employee voice is really, really important because, like I said, it really works on a well-being perspective and that burnout that says, 
this organization cares about you as an employee, and then the employee gets that vice versa and says, okay, they really do care about me. It really does matter how I feel and what I'm going through. And this is an organization that I want to continue to work with. Sure. I mean, especially in a day in the day almost 2024 where you know employees are dispersed but especially for government contractors where they might be at employer sites and so you said it it really starts with hr let's talk about how leadership can create a culture of belonging and inclusiveness in such a competitive market to keep employees these days yeah so one of the things that we did at top employers is we came out earlier this year with our 2023 world's trends report and this is where we do research and data sets of over 2,000 certified top employers. And one of the key things that we found was belonging in leadership and really listening to internal and external environments are key. So 63% of our top employers have active listening strategies and 59% of them make it personalized. And so what I mean by that is when you can get more person-centric with your listening and your active strategies, the good that the more you do that, the better. So what we find is a lot of those organizations are more people centric. So because I feel this way, you should feel this way. And because I'm going through this in life, you should be going with this in life. Because I have to go to the office, you need to come to the office. And so what we found is those top employers made it really person centric, right? How do you like to work? What's the most effective work environment for you? Do you like to come into an office? Do you like hybrid? Do you have a family outside of work? What other things kind of compromise your, you know, your outside working environment so we can create that approach to make it more customized to you as a person? Because as we know, Katie, everything's changed now, right? It wasn't 20 years ago where we all go into the office and we're all sitting around the water cooler and we're all having those conversations and we're all just, you know, high-fiving each other. Things have changed now and that's part of covid and and the pandemic where you know i have a backpack and a laptop there's airbnb there's verbo i can go anywhere i can work anywhere and i can thrive and be successful and so the more those active listening sessions happen where people are more person centric and gearing it to people the the better off they're having and the more success that they're having there also too is to create a nice diverse environment 91% of our top employers had a defined purpose. And then 81% of those integrated that purpose in their HR practices. And so that's really important to have that employee value proposition or EVP really define that. What does that sound like? What does that look like? What does that look like to the, to the communities I live in? What does that look like to target talent? And then integrate that into your HR practices. And that can be through storytelling, mapping it through the employee journey. But the key is to successful organizations, they have to really live that purpose. It's no longer, you're no longer able to just put something on your website and say, okay, this is really what we believe. You got to really live it. You got to show that you're out in the community doing it. You got to have it from the, the C-suite level all the way down to someone working the shop floor or working in an airport or working for a government agency. They have to feel that message as well. So everything has to be involved. And so the key two things that we found with top employers is 88% of them were really involving employees in defining that purpose and then aligning it with the employee experience. So taking that feedback, aligning it with their experiences. 
and then really living by that and modeling it. So no matter who you talk to, that same purpose is being communicated. Well, I really appreciate the stats and I really appreciate that last piece because I think it makes sense for a cohesive company or organization to run for HR to be aligned with the entire business process or other business goals. And so it it involves having those conversations and including the employee, a part of that experience obviously will prevent burnout because they feel more aligned with the business. They feel like the business is them. And for me, I feel like it's also important as you're trying to prevent burnout with employees adopting some of these processes, but also to maintain your numbers in terms of losing people and turnover and retention. So it's just as much as a recruiting tool as it is to you know keeping your employees. So let's talk about how employees can prevent that burnout and those other issues so they maintain their retention numbers. Yeah. So big thing with organizations to do, and, and burnout is something that it is going to continue to rise, right? As we're all kind of working in different environments and different work environments, those things are going to happen. So I want to make sure organizations understand that these are just, this This is real. We're human beings. These are things that are going to happen. So no one is perfect in solving burnout issues. But couple things that you can do as a organization, you know, make sure that your leadership is trained and developed to have these conversations. So regular check-ins with your employees are really, really important. And that could be on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, monthly, whatever you have time for. You really want to make that time for regular check-ins to really listen to your employees. And sometimes that takes a little bit of leadership training, right? We're not all you know, therapists, we're not all licensed, you know, life coaches. So, you know, doing some development with your leadership team and management team to really be able to have those conversations and show empathy and show some openness to help your employees feel like they're in a safe space to be able to communicate what's going on will really help. Uh, and that goes a long way. But distributing workload carefully, look at the task and the things that your employees have to do, right? And what they're responsible for. So maybe there's some things that can go into another business unit. Maybe there's some things that can go into a different aspect. So just always look at work workload carefully to make sure that the workload is designed for someone to be able to effectively do their job at a certain point of hours in a day. Also make sure that you are utilizing the employee skills the best way they can. And so what I mean by that, burnout really happens sometimes where just employees are just not in the right role. They just don't feel good about what they're doing. And so with those weekly check-ins or whenever you want to do those check-ins are really impactful. So learn more about the employee skills. Maybe they took a training class, maybe they developed, or maybe they do want to do that to go into another part of the organization and be okay with that because that's going to help their that burnout effect. They're going to be doing something that they're really passionate about, where they really like. The organization will show success because that person's now more engaged. That person really likes what they do and will push more into the organization. So those are some things to always look at. And then also look at making sure there's no unfair or biased treatment. And I think this can happen sometimes within organizations. And so this is part of the leadership training model that can really help organizations be successful. Make sure those conversations are fair. 
they are unbiased and that employee feels like they belong because part of burnout is a lot of it is they don't feel good about either what they're doing, the organization, maybe the lack of communication. There could be some outside of work things going on as well, but all those things can take factors. So it's really being able to have those open upfront conversations and making sure employees feel psychologically safe to express what they're going through is really, really important. Yeah. And those are really great ways to, for the employee, which is very important, prevent burnout, but also for organizations. And so one way that I know for myself personally is a great way to prevent burnout is just learning when to unplug and decompress. And I know it's really hard, especially for me, someone who now works in content and editorial and marketing, everything I can do from my phone, essentially. And so to, with technology at our fingertips, it's a blessing and a curse related to this. So do you, would you have a few tips on how employees can really unplug and decompress? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is schedule breaks throughout the day. So even what I found in being in a leadership role and working remotely and my team is all, you know, in the Americas, so North America and Latin America as well, but I'm really diligent about scheduling breaks throughout my day. So taking walks, just taking a break to maybe even read meditate, even exercise a little bit, just taking those breaks throughout the day. I know most of us have, I have a dog, so I'm always outside walking him. But anything you can do and be thoughtful around that too. So I think what happens a lot is we really get engaged in work. We're just work, work, working, and we never pay attention to how our body's feeling. So, you know, when you are getting a little sleepy, when you feel like you're getting a little cranky, that's okay. Just take a break, take a deep breath, go take a walk, go read, go meditate, but be really diligent about even scheduling like lunchtime maybe. And then maybe that two o'clock crash or three o'clock crash where you always got to get some caffeine or coffee or something, take a break then. So, so make sure that you're really being strict about that and, and, li and live on that, right? I think it's easy to put it on a calendar, but make sure you just go away and, and, and then go do that and take some time to yourself. Also have a really holistic approach to your well-being. So, you know, I talked about meditating, walking, being in nature, you know, those type of things are really just great for your brain. They're good, not only good for your body, but just to get you to rethink level set on some things, you know, just get your thoughts together. Maybe it can create a nice idea for you as well. So take a really holistic approach and that's okay. But be, be, talk openly about the time that you need to be successful and be a great asset to the company and the boundaries that you need and the time that you need to decompress. And I think this is something that everyone really struggles with. It's just to re be open with your leadership team, with management, with your other colleagues, and just say how important it is for you to really just take this time to decompress. It's really good for you. You'll be a more productive worker. You'll be a better colleague, and you'll be a better internal asset when you can take that time to create some of those boundaries and then utilize your on and off switch. And I know, Katie, this is always hard. I'm sure for you being in media, just not disturb, do not disturb on your phone, you know, on your laptop and don't feel bad about it. So, you know, I know there's tons of studies out there is looking at your screens before you go to bed or watching TV before you go to bed or, you know, making sure your phone is right next to you. 
So those are all studies and there's data and science around it for good reason, right? You stay up late, you're just always worried, your mind starts racing, you can't go to sleep. So utilize on and do not disturb and also do that with your team's calls, with your emails. Let people know that, hey, this is my busy time. This is kind of my turnoff time and I'll turn back on. And I think as long as you're open with the communication and you do it in the right way, people will respect that. Wow. I'm going to have to find that do not disturb button. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, and I think, you know, creating a culture of that flex time is okay. That's one thing that I really appreciate about my team. I've worked on other teams where they're like, I don't want to see any emails being sent out at 8 p.m. And it's like, but... Uh, my 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 boss knows that I flex time during the day, and so that is okay. And I think the other thing to note here is that when you don't employ some of these tactics, like one thing I love to do is if somebody tries to set a meeting on my calendar, I say, can this be audio only so I can make it a walking meeting? And I think the the important thing to note, though, is by not employing some of those tactics, burnout, it, it's your creativity is going to be stagnant. And so to keep ideas fresh, you got to do some of this stuff. And so, uh, you know, Trevor, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. But with your staffing background, I, I have to touch on recruiting because that that's my audience that's near and dear to my heart. So how can recruiters do the same in preventing burnout, especially around the holidays when, you know, requirements linger, but candidates might not be interested in having a conversation right now? Yeah, yeah. And like you, Katie, I was in the staffing industry for seven years before. So it is near and dear to my heart. So I understand what your audience is going through. I know this is a critical time to not only fill roles, but where, you know, candidates, it's just hard to get in touch with them. They don't answer emails or on vacation. They don't answer their phone, which is fine, which is all things that as, you know, in the staffing industry, as you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows with all of it. And there's just seasons of it all. Right. So I think the biggest thing for for me and, and I ran, you know, split desk for a long time. So I was doing some sales and recruiting. And but I think the big thing for me that really helped me was really being diligent around my calendar, really understanding that, you know, like you said, to be that creative side, you really have to take some time to walk away way. I think I had good leaders that were very appreciative of their own time. So I saw from leadership where they took time off, right? They took time off their calendars. They took breaks throughout the day. And so it was kind of like that leadership kind of mentoring you that this is okay. These are the things that you need to do to be a better recruiter and more effective in your role. And so I think, like I said, honest communication around that is key. I think just understanding that staffing is seasonal, right? You can't take things too personal. When I first got in the industry, I was always stressed and kind of burned out because I was just trying to hustle, right? Just trying to move the needle, trying, why are candidates not responding? I don't understand. I would I would call myself back if I had this job and opportunity. I don't get it. But then once I started to worry about like, I can't worry about everyone else, right? I have to take care of myself. And the more that I just relaxed with that and took that approach, the more things just came, the more things that that just happened. And they're not going to be candidates out there that are interested, but I was more interested in the way that I behaved and the structure that I had and the discipline that I had that I cannot be burnt out to really do this job effectively. Because when you are recruiting, 
it is you, right? Your energy, your voice, how you respond to things. Are you enthusiastic? Are you upbeat about the opportunity? And I knew that once I got someone on the phone or answer my email, I wanted to be a great representation for myself, the organization. So you have to have good energy. You have to be upbeat. You have to be inspired because those candidates that do answer the phone, those are the ones you want to talk to and those you want to get in front of whatever client you're partnering with. So take breaks, take your time, get good practices in. Like I said, meditation's huge for me. I do it 10 minutes a day, not too long, not too, too drawn out, but that just helps me think, recuperate, get my breathing down, all of those kind of things. Read. It was great in staffing. I was just able to take breaks and read a lot. Just make sure that any projects that you're working on, you know, maybe you have a partner that can help you with that. Well, a colleague that can help you internally with that. Say, hey, I'm going to be taking these two days off. You know, that's going to be in at least two or three weeks or so, but I want to make sure you can back me up on this or help me out with this. So make sure you can kind of align those things up and structure those beforehand so you can go on vacation. You can go enjoy the holidays. You can go enjoy your time, whatever that looks like or whenever you're doing something. But you definitely want to put those practices in place and see how that goes. But I think it will make a huge impact on everyone personally. Right. There's nothing like a burnt out recruiter that answers the phone and the candidate is just like, nah, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it can make you grumpy too, but there's nothing like a candidate hearing a grumpy recruiter who's burnt out on the phone. And that's why it's so important because you are representing yourself, your organization. And at the end of the day, recruiting is such a great positive experience you know finding a great role for a candidate can really change a candidate's life and you really want to have the energy to do that right you want to have the positive vibes and get them enthusiastic about the opportunity and all those things and you can't do that when you're burnt out so that creates a negative experience for the candidate as well and yourself so don't add that stress take your time take deep breaths do not disturb Use all those tips and tools and everything will work out for you for sure. Absolutely. So that's all about beating burnout and boosting employee resilience. The Top Employers Institute is the global HR authority on certifying excellence in employee conditions. Established over three decades ago, the firm has been dedicated to accelerating the impact of people's strategies to enrich the world of work through certification, benchmarking, and connecting top employers. So be sure to check out their HR best practices survey that helps to enable organizations to assess and improve their workplace environment. And for more information on HR best practices, recruiting, retention, subscribe to news.clearancejobs.com.